Hey, comedy fans, welcome to another edition of the Comedy at the Carlson Cast. I'm your host. My name is Vinny. And joining me in studio, we're very excited to welcome Rachel Feinstein. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Three Heads Brewing, the makers of Rochester's most delicious beer. Remember, do good things and always be kind. And by Freshly Brewed Comedy. Comedy at the Carlson Satellite Open Mic every Sunday night at Boulder Cafe and Lounge located at 100 Alexander Street in downtown Rochester. Come see Rochester's best up-and-coming and newest performers for free every week. Performer sign-up is at 6.30 p.m. and the show starts at 7. Let's head back into the studio and let's start the show. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Carlson Casters. My guest today, Rachel Feinstein, is a nationally touring comedian and actress. You may know her from appearances on Netflix, The Stand-Ups, and her latest appearance, uh, Netflix, Amy Schumer Presents Netflix Parental Advisory, uh, Crashing, Life of Life and Beth, as well as movies like I Feel Pretty and Trainwrecked. Can I say, she's our headliner here this weekend at the Carlson, and I'm glad to have her in studio. It's Rachel Feinstein. Thank you Good morning. so much. Oh, my God, they've clapped from the other room. There's, this means a lot. Those are four hands coming together for you this early in the morning. Well, I wore a short suit today. I'm ready to, shit's going to be off the chain. I love it. Dress like a district attorney for this podcast, all right? <laughs> Can we start with something I really need to know? Is it yes. true that your mother really refers to your stand-up act as your talent show? Either my talent show or my little program. I can't figure out which one is more horrifying. Are you going to do your little program in Rochester? Don't be too filthy. That's what she tells you? Yes, you're a lot, remember. And when you go on the stage, you just walk gently. You have a heavy step. She always tells me that. You have kind of a hostile step. Please remember that when you <laughs> she walk She that on. your step is hostile? Yes. I don't Meanwhile, know. like, when I come home, she always reminds me of that. Like, her sons can do no wrong. But she'll be like, remember, before you walk in the door, you got a very heavy step, and your brother might be sleeping. So be careful of your hostile wow. step. You have a gangrenous, slovenly step. Uh yeah. Thanks, also, Ma. Thanks, Mom. She also tells me that I, um, I'll be like, what was I like? I have a two-year-old now. I'm like, what, what was I like when I was Frankie's age? She's like, what? You ate very fast. I do remember that. There was a kind of a frantic quality to your eating that frightened us. You were a greedy eater. Did your mom ever watch stand-up comedy or anything when you were little? Did she watch Carson? Did she watch any of that stuff? Was it on in your house? I remember my parents watching that stuff. No, they watched, um... Seinfeld, so I saw a lot of Seinfeld, and okay. or I watched it. I think they just let me watch it, and I do remember when I was very little that they had on the Tracy Ullman show, uh -huh. and that at the end of the show she would come on in this robe, and she would go, "Go home, go home, everyone, go home," and she'd have all these different costumes and like makeup and stuff, right. and do these different voices and characters, and I just was like fascinated and thought she was hysterical. Well, Tracy Ullman is hysterical. She's the best. She's and, really fantastic. And there was an old Woody Allen film she did called Small Time Crooks, and it was just holy a, crap! I love that movie. One of my favorite movies ever. Where and they she, robbed the bank, right? Yes, it's. I don't even think it was like Michael Rappaport and yeah. Tracy Ullman. I remember seeing that when I was a little kid. We got to get like, the Redwood. It's the kind of woodpeckers pack. Yes, I remember that movie very. And then well. remember when um, John Lovitz was in it? And he was in jail with Woody Allen. And, yep. and remember they talk about his nickname in jail. He's like, remember they used to call me the Brain. In that jail. was sarcastic, the brain. Ray. That was sarcastic. No, we didn't think you were smart. That was sarcastic. No, it was real. I was the Brain. You know, I completely <laughs> forgot that was Tracy Ullman. What? A fantastic movie. She if you've never amazing. seen Small Time Crooks, 
here we are. I always always thought it was funny when people were married on TV and they would always tell each other how dumb they were. It just always made me laugh because you're dumb. Because <laughs> right. your brain can't hold a lot. That's right. Ray, remember, you're dumb. That was it. Just so final. I always thought it was hysterical when these people would be married and they would just trash each other. I thought I would cry laughing when I was a kid. You know, I thought it was so interesting to make the choice to marry somebody, but also to know that they were an active moron. <laughs> it's really interesting to me now that you bring that up because my brain's starting to go. When you think back to the dynamic on a sitcom, it was yeah. always the you're an idiot. You're it's an up. idiot. But then they would come together and they knew that they loved each other. Yes. Now you can't do that stuff in a relationship anymore. I think television in the 90s may have set up an entire generation for failure. I know. I mean, well, I feel like since I married a fireman, I can trash him. He doesn't care. Firemen don't sure. care. So I could be a complete animal. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations. We can't all marry firemen. I mean, look, I got plenty of complaints. They're they're dumb. But, uh, but he's fun. You know, and you could say anything to him. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. That he makes for a good marriage. Yeah, he calls me big guy. That's his nickname for me. <laughs> He's like, when I walk in, he goes, she's my big guy. Because of the hostile step? Yes, because of the hostile step. I tried to talk about it on stage. I was trying to explain how he calls me big guy and um, doesn't understand why that why, why a woman might not want to be called big guy. He's like, come on, why are you being weird about it? Why are you in your head? You, you, you're fun. You, you're big guy. I'm like, that's what you call like a union trucker on his way home from a long lumber haul. And he keeps it going even though he yes. knows you don't like it? Yes. And then even more, of course, like, he okay. goes, she's my big guy. She's my big guy. And then when he sees me do it on stage, I tell the story on stage and, uh -huh. and every the crowd will laugh. And he's like, see, they love it. Why are you being weird? I'm like, no, they're laughing at you. That's at you. They because it's awful. He's like, I don't know, big guy. I think they like the name. <laughs> so now the more he sees me do it on stage, I'm like, no, that should be proof that it's it's of how dumb and unacceptable it is. He's like, nah, they loved big guy out there. I they just like say, it. I just say thanks for the chunk. <laughs> thanks for the big <laughs> little fella. I don't know what I would say to him. You should little get fella. do you have a nickname for him? Do you give it back to him? I try to. I try to call him like gentle breeze bitch or something. He doesn't care. He doesn't really shake him. Gentle I called him bitch. gentle breeze bitch for. I'm like, why is that my gentle breeze bitch coming through the door? <laughs> he doesn't care too much. I gotta. I gotta find something that pisses. There's gonna him be off. something that'll upset him. You'll. You'll. You'll get it one of these days. Sometimes I face rake him. He doesn't like that. Like right after sex, I'll just give him like a slow, soft face face rake, and I'll be like, shh. You shut the fuck up about what happened in this room. My sugar tits. I don't know if he cares for sugar tits that much. Yeah. People, or a slot. There's something about gentle. It's he looks terrified. I don't get happy when people call me sugar tits. I'm not a yeah. big fan of it. Right. Not yeah, a, sugar tits is pretty effective. You're not right. a great I one. About that. So, <laughs> Rachel, I gotta tell you, I know you're best friends with Jessica Kirsten, and I want to compliment you on a project you two did together that I enjoyed endlessly. Uh, the Call Girls. Oh, thank you. We have so much fun pranking people. Is there going to be a sequel yes, to this? Yes, there we, is. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. We were just calling um, Christian bookstores just the other day, and uh, <laughs> we're different religious bookstores complaining about um, asking if they could de-gay our kid, and then Jessica was the gay kid in the background. Um, but I was like, Tank, shut up. Shut your goddamn mouth, Tank. Anyhow, I got a kid here. I need to make him from Guy Destroyed. We've got some issues over here. It's not working out. Love it. And she'd be like, I want to wear a leotard. Tank, quat. <laughs> and this lady at this Christian bookstore was like, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. It's just about reading every chapter and 
listening to all the things I would pray on it. I would just That's keep the problem. On it. I would just pray on it until tanks not gay no more. All these people skipped the chapters. That's the problem. We just solved it. Just read chapter four. You can de-gay thoroughly in chapter four. So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, I want to let you know that you can check out her album, uh, Rachel's and Jessica's album, The Call Girls, wherever you listen to comedy podcasts. And you could also check out Amy Schumer Presents Only Whores Wear Purple, Rachel's other <laughs> album. special title ever. That's a, that's a hour special that you can also watch on Amazon Prime. Only yes. horse wear purple because my grandma used to tell me that when I was a kid. <laughs> do you think, uh, you know what? Can you do me a quick little favor? Could you plug that cord in on that mic? Just pop it back in just a little bit. Sorry, Rachel. I never do that to a guest, no, but they okay. just sent me a Is message from control. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. Sorry. That's okay. I just got distracted, folks. We were talking about the call girls. We were talking about your special. We were talking about your grandmother telling you that only whores wear purple. That's right. She also said only whores carry suitcases. I'm like, that just really doesn't feel fair. So you just take a trip and you're a godless whore? That's that's not fair. Come I on. feel like on, I don't Rona. feel as bad every time I've called a bellboy a whore now. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I tell you what they have in there. They have all sorts of little creams and, and rinses to cover up their whoring. <laughs> <laughs> Little perfumes and potions to cover up the rancid things they've done last night. Good night, dear. And this is your mom's mom? It's my dad's mom. It's your dad's mom? What's your mom's mom like? I never met her. She died before I was born. She died when my mom was like 18 from a brain aneurysm, but I'm named after her. Um, Rachel Louise. Her name was Betty Lou. And she sounded like a goddamn delight. She played the piano, and she had a band called Betty Lou and the Escorts. And she met my... Betty Lou and the Whores. Betty Lou and the Godless Whores. Okay. And she met my grandfather, Frank. My daughter is named after her, Frankie. Uh-huh. Um, and my, my husband's grandfather is also Frank. So apparently she had a little radio station. Betty Lou and the Godless Whores would play their music <laughs> on it. No, Betty Lou and the Escorts. And he was in the Navy and he heard them, her playing her music in her little radio show and he and, you know, because guys did stuff like this. They didn't just, like, you know, beat off on you porn and fall asleep. He drove across the desert. He had to meet Betty Lou. And then he married her. And, and he built her a little house built around a Joshua tree in the desert. And they had two little girls. Are you girls. sure this isn't a movie that your mom just we told you about? We visited the Joshua tree. We went and we visited the old house. You don't he know what your mom was house. like. Yeah, that's the tree. All right. That's the one. <laughs> you don't know. You're right. My mom could be drunk. Who knows? But he built them house. He... After he left the Navy, he raised some chickens, and then he raised two little girls, Karen and Marlene, and then Karen had me and I mock her on television. Yeah, you certainly do. You're quite good at it. (laughs) It's just so interesting to me. Like, I always wonder, like, when I hear about the dynamic that you and your mother have that you so eloquently discuss in your stage show, uh, I have to wonder, like, how did a comedian come from this? (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there has to be, like, Something that kind of twisted your logic to look at this as in a different way than this is just my mom. Like you realize you see the humor in it. What do you think that was? What do you think drove you to the stage? I think a cocktail of things went awry. First of all, I had no other skills. I'd love to be one of those people that was like about to be a doctor, but I made a noble decision to leave it all for the arts. But I was just a wild emergency moron in school. Hold on. How is that ever a noble decision to not be a doctor to go to the arts? Yeah, I guess you're right. That sentence made no sense. Thank you for- It feels like a selfish decision. You're right. I wish I could have been more of a narcissist, I guess is what I just said. 
But no, I just didn't. I got terrible grades in school. I was, they used to scan me. They would do scans on my brain to figure out what's wrong with me. What? I remember one night waking up, my parents arguing, and my dad goes, she's not normal, Karen, shit. And my mom goes, well, then we'll scan her again. We'll get her another, we'll keep scanning her. Yeah, I was always getting What was scans. abnormal about you? EKG scans. They would put suction cups on my head. Um, they just couldn't make me learn. I would just go to school and they would discuss something and I would just roam in the wrong direction. Uh-huh. They they thought I had a disability called figure ground where you can't tell the difference between like one person speaking and a group of people speaking, like in a sea of voices. They thought I had all these different things. I mean, they finally decided on like ADD and maybe just a baseline dumbness. But I couldn't, I wouldn't focus in school. I wouldn't. And I got D's and F's and they had lots of people working on me. There was teams of people studying and nobody came up with anything good. When you think back on it now... Do you think it was you just weren't interested in it and didn't care? Or do you actually think there was something medically wrong? Probably a little bit of both. Like, okay. I remember trying sometimes, like, really trying. In geometry one day, I was just like, just try, try, try. I couldn't listen to this shit. Math, too. Math bored me in just, like, a wild, archaic way. Just I'm throbbing with boredom. Completely agree. I mean, just what a terrible thing. It was like, you're going to use it. No, you're not. You can use a fucking calculator. Or just... Somebody else can do the math. And you're, I mean, geometry is absolutely useless. And I would cry about it at night, just wild crying with my homework. Useless, maybe not. But to, for our useless purposes, is, is, yeah. You're right. You were right to stop, but to correct me there again. I'm not correcting. It's not. It's to me, it's it's aggressively boring. Yes. And I, I just, I hated math. And science, too. I've never really been particularly, like, curious about you know, electricity. Just it's more, it's the story about how it works is, is less interesting than just seeing a light flicker, you know? Like Certainly. The why, oh God. Mm. Just why like do shattered. I need to know how paint dries while I'm standing here staring at it? I know. You know I don't I'm, care I'm about like chemical processes and stuff. Yeah. And then my dad used to explain stuff to me in a way that made it more boring. You'd be like, it did, did four centimeters. I'm like, no one says <laughs> centimeter. You're such an asshole, Dad. That's really He's funny. He's like, and yes, you got to add that. That's the medical and t technical way to say it's centimeter. He used to just give things the most ludicrous pronunciations that I'm like, now you want me to take you seriously? You've said centimeter. Does I'm he? Leaving. Did he do that to like mess with you? I don't know. My, I remember he getting in trouble because the first time I had checks, I had a checkbook, and I wrote my friend a check this guy and I said, you know, the little memo section, I think I wrote kissing lessons. Like, uh -huh. what's the reason for my check? <laughs> my dad was like, real, I was in big trouble. He came into my room and he's like, a check is a serious financial instrument. And of course I was like dying laughing because there's no funnier sentence than that. A check is a serious financial <laughs> instrument. I love how you're making like Venmo jokes when you're a teenager on checks. That's <laughs> I know, really funny. I was. I was a real asshole. You're ahead of your time. I was a hole in the team. But, you know, I made it out. But even now when I smell a school, I'm just like, ugh. I'm so glad I'm not sitting there anymore. Well, you got like four years and you're going to be taking your daughter to school, right? I know, I know. How am I going to get her to focus? Like, I'm... I hope she... My husband, like, he just does things. Like... He sits down, he fills out a form, he mails that form. Like, right. that's half the reason I married him. He could just fill out – I, I never fill out any of the forms in my life. Like, she wouldn't get into a school because I wouldn't be able to fill out the form. It would get lost. It would be covered in debris mm -hmm. and Jaeger mm -hmm. before I could mail it, you know?
That, that, I'm the same way. Yes, like I'm a the mailing same way. How do people do? They just fill out a form and they just mail it off. Like, no, I get so confused. A printer, even in, even having to deal in any way with a printer, I just want to like close my head like a box. You know, I can't. I lose debit cards. I'm shedding debit cards. I'm <clears throat> trying, but I don't run a tight ship. I understand. Thank you. I understand. Thank you for understanding. And no judgment. I love Thank it. You. I'm the same way sometimes. And I'll tell you, I think that you're going to be quite interesting when you have to go to parent-teacher nights. <laughs> because I think you're the kind of parent that are going to be the reason teachers get away with so much stuff. Because you're just going to be like, oh, she did what? Okay, well, that's terrible. Like, Just like, get me out of here. Whatever you say. Yeah, you got to do what to just Can we leave? Can we please get out of here? Am I wrong? Am I reading this wrong? I think, yeah, he'll definitely be the voice of authority. Right. Like, no, every – because – other people, they can like go out and be animals and then they can rinse off their whoring with their whore potions mm -hmm. and then go mm -hmm. to school the next day. But me, you can Google me and know that I'm an animal. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of the world, they can go out for their secret whoring nights and then, you know, show up all clean to preschool. But me, it's just like, they're like, bitch, we know you. We saw your hand job joke on YouTube. Beat it. I was talking to well, Jim Florentine was on the show last week, and he was telling me Jim. off air. I do too. He's Jim's a good, a good friend, friend of, mine. of mine. I love the guy. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Jim, by the way, for he sharing came to my wedding too. I love you, Jimmy. He uh, he did me a favor, and he shared this episode on his Patreon last week. Really? I love him so much. That He's is the best. So cool. But he was telling me that his his son's teacher called him Luke. Little Luke. Yeah, Luke's teacher called him because Luke laughed when she said, "Turn to page sixty-nine." <laughs> And the teacher thought the idea would be to call Jim Florentine to tell him <laughs> that his son giggled at that. And, like, this teacher obviously didn't have access to the Google, is yes. my point. So maybe you'll get lucky and the teachers won't see the hand job joke. Yeah, or they'll just deal with my husband. He's, like, he's going to be a fire chief soon. They could, he can listen to it. Hopefully she's not, like you know, as sarcastic and obnoxious as I was, but I don't know. She talks back a lot in Spanish because she, she speaks Spanish. Mm -hmm. My husband's mother is Colombian, so she learns from her abuelita and then her little preschool, they only talk Spanish. So she she speaks back to me. Like, she'll be like, I'm like, Frankie, you know, can you put that toy away? Ay, 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 mama. First of all, no Spanish-speaking person actually says ay, ay, ay. That's like com some hacky cartoon <laughs> who, who says that? Do they speak aye, Mexican aye, aye, or are they mom. just watching Speedy Gonzalez cartoons over and over again? It out. That's not cool, like, man. It's like, a, it's like a bad impersonation of the Spanish speaking. Or she'll go, Anomas, mama, Anomas. And it's so hard to be serious, you know, because it's just so funny to see this little two year old go, Anomas. Ay, ay, ay. How do you react to that? She's hilarious. She's, I mean, it's just too, it's too ridiculous. I can't keep a straight face. She gets up and she also does this to me. Sometimes I'll walk in to her crib in the morning. She stands up there. It's just so funny. You made this mm -hmm. little person there standing in this crib. It's hilarious already. I walk in the room and she goes, how are, how are? She's trying to say, how are you? Mm -hmm. How are? But she looks at you kind of, she nods at you like, mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. are good? Things are good. Like a 60-year-old woman like running into a friend in a library. Has Stan, his back. Mm -hmm. Everybody's good. Good to hear it. Retirement's a process. It's an adjustment. Well, I guess Change. we're going to do this now. So let's uh, get started <laughs> on the day. That's wild. I'm like, who are you to look at? You're not the voice of authority here. You're in a crib. You're standing in a crib. We yeah. own you. It's but a, it's funny. And it, that's I don't know. What do you think is the most surprising thing to you about being a parent? Is there anything that just like took you off guard? 
it's very entertaining. I was talking about this on stage with like She's two years old, so she's at that age where she, like, empties every drawer like she's looking for Coke. Like, she'll just turn out a room. Like, And she looks like at your mom and goes, bag. Karen! That's all we had, Karen! Karen, where the fuck is the blow? <laughs> yeah, it's like that scene from Goodfellas. Or that Breaking Bad scene, you know, where, where he's looking through the basement at the oh, end yeah. and he just starts laughing maniacally. That's what it feels like to live with a two-year-old. I'm like, what the fuck is she looking for? That's she'll uncomfortable. Out a room. Yes. She's, it's some serious Breaking Bad Walt shit. That's really funny. It's very entertaining. Yeah, she's, but I definitely thought I would like, you know, like you see a lot of these moms on Instagram and their their headings will be like, boxed wine is my juice box. And I'm like, you know, do I just become a mom? And then I have like this sense of humor of like a weather girl from Toledo or something, you know. And I guess, because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to make those jokes, you know. But it turns out you're just the same animal, you know, like you're just sitting at the park. I don't I hate parks. Whenever I see a woman pushing a swing, I sort of assume she needs to be rescued. It's just like such a sad lobotomized activity, the pushing of a swing. So I'm still just an asshole in a park. You know, if if children only knew how sad it really was, they're having the time of their lives. Parks are exhausting. Like I get more exhausted in a park than I do like a four hour workout. Not that I've done one, but a a tough. I've heard they're terrible. Yeah, but like a park, there's just something about just sitting there, just watching your kids smack another kid. It's just, it's very fatiguing. I don't care for a park. I, never I imagine the most fatiguing part is the other parents trying to talk yes. to you. Yes, and I don't know what to say or what I'm not supposed to say. And my husband does workouts in the park. And I was like, you're not supposed to work out in the park. He does like prison push-ups, like next to the jungle gym. I'm like, it's alarming. You can't. You look like an active pedophile. You can't work out that close Trying to, to impress toddlers. the kids. Yeah. He's like, oh, I just caught a bird, big guy. It's not a big deal. It's a lot. Hey, little Jimmy, 15 yeah. reps. Do you see that? Over here. Did you see that? Over here by the swings. Hmm. That's not good. It's not good. So, like, it's got to be hard to relate to parents, though, because, like, when you're a comedian, you have, like, completely different like life experiences. The people that you hang out with are completely different than most, uh, I would guess, normal parents at the park. Yeah, it, they are. I I still just relate most to, like, comedians and other animals. Yeah. Yeah, I try. I try to be appropriate, but it's it's a challenge for me. Different breed. Yeah. Different breed. Yeah, I get, I get like, or if like I'm at a birthday party, I just get this wild level of boredom because there's so many things I'm not allowed to say, and those are only the, those are all the things I can think about is what I'm not supposed to say. Yeah. But (sighs) something's wrong with me, and I realize that. There's nothing wrong with you. Thank you, Pop. Everyone else is the problem. (laughs) Now, (laughs) you got to do something really, really cool, and I'm hoping you could tell me a little bit about it because. uh, you got to do one of the coolest shows that came out during the pandemic, which was Historical Roast. Oh, yeah. And you got to play Anne Frank yes. to Gilbert Gottfried's Hitler. Mm-hmm. Now, you both are Jewish, mm-hmm. and you were both having a little fun with it. And I heard some stories about Gilbert on the set that day, and I wondered if maybe you could tell yes, the audience Gilbert a little bit about it. chasing me around. He's like, I'm going to get you, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> It was the weirdest thing. I was in costume, and I'm like, leave me alone. I said, leave me alone. And he was just sort of chasing me around, like scolding me backstage. He's it was the a, weirdest day ever. He's such a little, he was such he was a little his, man. He was so funny and just like could would say anything, just didn't give a fuck. He was so funny as Hitler. He was so perfect as Hitler. His wife told a story after he passed away that he kept the Nazi heartbeat. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, he captured because he thought it was funny. I love her so much. His wife is so cool too. His whole family. You know what I was surprised is like, first of all, his wife is really hot. Yep. And she's like this hot blonde together. You know, like runs a tight ship, like type A New York woman. And she runs this big benefit for the kids' school every year, and I would do it. And I was like, whoa, like Gilbert scored. Yeah, you know? like the PTA mom. Yes. She's like this hot, blonde, cool-ass lady. And his kids are really funny, too. So he used to yeah. come and do our podcast, me, me and Jessica. And they would come on, and they would all wear, like, costumes. And the kid would put on a silly little mustache. And he had this big, fun family. And there's so many comedians that, you know, we're all kind of deranged and – and different levels of mental illness. Yeah. And it's nice to see just like a guy like Gilbert, you're like, oh, he had like this normal, delightful life. Like it still makes me happy when I think about his life. I'm like, he had this family that was like lovely and fun it's and such, silly. It's beautiful to think about because yeah. I know a lot of people, I was very sad when he passed away. A lot of people were really sad, but it's nice to know that he had that. Yeah, he really had that. You know, he had these two great kids and they would come everywhere. The the, his wife was always at our shows. We still text and talk and stuff. And his wife was always out and hanging out. And, and the kids loved what he did. And I'm so glad he got to have that. Yeah. I, I really love that guy. So that must have been a fun day, being Anne Frank being chased by Gilbert Godfrey dressed as Hitler. Yes, I remember Not Jeff, a lot of people get to say that happened to them. I remember Jeff Jeff was like, he, he like sent me the script for the Anne Frank thing or the mm -hmm. loose like idea about it. And he's like, I just want to get your advice on this. What do you think? Should I do this? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's like it's hilarious. You've got to do it. Plus, you're like telling people you you're like sharing history. I like I love yeah. I love historical fiction. That's the only way I would learn about history is if you could tell it to me in funny stories. Sure. So um, and he's like, but and you'll be Anne Frank. But I'm like, oh, wait, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I'm going to get a lot of shit. But he was just like he made me say yes to it before saying yes. Right. To it. Gotcha. And and then I was like. As opposed to what they called Gilbert, they said, we want you to play Adolf. He said, I'll do it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, of course, I was going to do it anyway. But it was, I definitely got harassed a lot on Twitter. And, really? But, you know, people can't, whatever, fuck them. I mean, I I had so many tweets when I did, I would just go through, people were so angry. But, you know, you got to laugh at shit. That's how people deal with everything. I mean, if you can't do that, then what's the, what's the point? But- well I also can't I can't let it bother me that some people are not going to understand uh, things that I do and are going to be furious. You just have to let them be furious. There's, I agree with you. Let people be furious. The people yeah. that don't understand nuance to comedy, it's you could tell them right away. Once they start going, you go, okay, you just don't understand what a joke is. Okay, yeah. I got it. I mean, um, what did your mom say when she saw that or did she see it? I don't know if my mom watched it. They have so much trouble even figuring out Netflix. Okay. My mom was like, we tried to put on your Netflix program, but I believe we were scammed. <laughs> scammed. Do you know how exhausting that sentence was, solicited to? My mother's 76 years old, and the sentences that come out of her mouth are like, yeah. like she won't order anything off of Amazon Oh, yeah, herself. my mom thinks it's a, like, she's like, we don't put our credit card into those kinds of unsafe agendas. But she'll be like, you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay. But, also, uh, my dad left his, his computer, um, his laptop open. They, they think you can't ever take a computer away from the wall. Like, they don't believe that you can unplug a laptop. Like, that's uh, very dangerous. To, so it's always plugged into the wall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, we were all looking for a place to eat. There's nothing more exhausting than looking for a place to eat with your family. Like, everybody's trying to decide what to eat. 
and I go on my dad's computer to look something up, and my dad goes, just, uh, I'd prefer if you don't use my device. And I'm like, Dad, I'm just looking up a restaurant. He goes, well, if you, if you don't mind, just... There's a couple of parameters I'd like to set. I was like, parameters? Like, I'm looking up. Like, I am not house. comfortable. Immediately say, you know what? Here's the parameter. I'm not touching your computer, Dad. Exactly. And then he goes, just don't uh, don't go to any questionable uh, websites or any salacious material. I'm like, Dad, do you think I'm about to watch porn on your computer? Is that what I you're saying? I think he did think that. He absolutely did. He told me not to watch porn in front of him in the kitchen right then. What the fuck, Howie? That's very strange. I'm a little shocked. Yeah, he's hey, like, just um, don't go into any of the salacious ones. You know, I watched your uh, parental advisory set, mm. and um, I noticed something that I that I feel like I need to bring up. What's that? I feel like that maybe you might be stereotyping men named Vinny. That's potentially true. Yeah. Yes. As a man named Vinny. I apologize. I'm no, not offended. Well, Vinny. I'm sorry. They're all named Vinny or Dino. I got like <laughs> three cousin Dinos. <laughs> of course. I was watching that. I was like, hey, the joke's on me right now, and I don't like that. I'm just kidding. Yes. No, it's true. They're all collectively named Vinny. Most of the firefighters are just Jenna. And the women are named Gina. I think I talked about that. I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing. There's a lot of Ginas. A lot of Ginas. <laughs> And a lot of heroes named Vinny. Okay, everybody. Thank a lot of heroes service, named Vinny. Vinny. Thank you for your service. I love it. I love it. Now, what I find really fun about your set and what I find fun about your podcast and especially your album with uh, Jessica is you are a professional voice actor, aren't you? Don't you do a lot of voice work? Um, I've done a little bit. I did um, some stuff for this TV show called um, Venture Brothers. Uh huh. And. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. I did some voices on Grand Theft Auto. That's a pretty big one. That was fun. Yeah. I bet. So when you do your act, though, you do a lot of uh, voices mm -hmm. in your act. You can you pl straight up play characters on stage. Yeah. I watched you turn into your mom for a few minutes on stage. <laughs> did you always do that Where when you were young? Were you always doing people? Were you like mimicking yes. when you were young? Yeah. Yeah. I loved people's voices and little affectations and and was definitely really distracted with that. I had like a southern teacher, I remember, Miss Delastatius, and she had these these little thin lips and she had her lipstick kind of like sparkled on the ends of her lips and she'd say, y'all are acting like kindergartners. And she, I would try to do it every day. I would just remember going home in the mirror and trying to get my lips to look like hers to go, y'all are acting like kindergartners. You truly are. And she goes, this makes me want to go back to my kindergarten dice, which I thought it was a strange threat to some second graders we know how she, to use the toilet you want to go back to kindergarten what are you doing lady <laughs> yeah she was but she was very pretty and she had this little tight blonde bun and i wanted to like look like her and sound like her i wanted her cute little like clipped southern accent miss delastatious and i remember trying to do that voice in the mirror and then on picture day my picture i'm doing her like i'm trying to smile like really her, do her mouth my picture looks so ludicrous, and I still look at it now. I'm like, I know what I was doing when you go through like old photos that your parents. I'm like, yeah. I was trying to do my missed. I was trying to look like her in the picture, but um, yeah, I was jealous. I just loved having a fun little accent like that, and I would say I would speak back to people with their accents. Yeah, and I didn't know that that was rude until I remember my mom telling me like, no, you have to wait till you get home to to mock them. You can't just do it back to them. I have a very good friend from New Zealand, and he reminds me all the time, "Stop it, 
<laughs> it's hard, so not, hard to. not to. It's really hard. It's such an obnoxious, terrible instinct. He, yeah. But, yeah. But it, but I thought that, you were going to say accent. I was like, yeah, it is. No, oh, no. I think the New Zealand accent's kind of hot. It's fun. But uh, but it's it's just uh, it's satisfying. Like it, you know, I wish I had an accent like that. I'm, I'm I'm sure I do have like a nasally New York accent. But so when you got into comedy and you started performing, how did you first decide to kind of take that mimicking skill and work it into your material? Because not, I don't necessarily think a lot of people when they first get into stand up really go that route. They go more joke, joke, joke. And you're at this point where you could go in and out of characters flawlessly. How did you start developing that? How did you come up with the idea to do that for you? I couldn't write jokes like a clear monologue style joke. So it, it, it just it was not a skill I had. I admire that people that can take any topical thing and just churn out a nice, clean, tight joke about it. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I told stories and that's how I talked to my friends. So I tell my friend a story about something that happened and, and, and impersonate the person as I'm explaining it to her. Yeah. And they would go, oh, you should do that on stage or try that on stage. So I just did what I did in conversation. And I never, unfortunately, had that skill of being able to write a nice, clean, clever, tight, dry joke. I can't do it. I admire it. I think it's so cool that somebody that you can just give them a topic and they can write you ni- yeah. 10 nice, quick clips. That's a skill. Jokes. That's, a, that's definitely yeah. a skill. But what you do is also a skill. And- it's actually pretty commendable that you were like, okay, I know what I can't do. This is what I can do. And you've taken it very far. You've done an amazing job with it. It's fantastic. It's hysterical. Thank you. You're welcome. I think people are going to have a great time when they come see you this weekend. By the way, folks that are watching, there's four shows left. There's two tonight, two tomorrow night. You get your tickets right now at carlsoncomedy.com. Now, how's Amy Schumer doing? She's doing really well. She's... She's got her show Life and Beth out. Yep. She's got a gorgeous little boy. Um, Are life your is kids pretty all good. playing she's, together? Yeah, she's yes, and they and Frankie just went to her his uh, birthday party, and yeah, she's got. I mean, life is good for Amy. They're bringing back uh, Amy Schumer for another season, a sketch show. Uh-huh. So, Are they um, really? Yeah. Comedy Central? No, it's going to be streaming. I think on Paramount Plus, and Life and Beth is coming back. Um, so yeah, she's and she married a a chef who's really cool and lovely. Yeah. So yeah, life is pretty good. All right, you know, right. and uh, it's nice to be. Uh, I'm glad she stayed in New York. So it's good to be close by. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Now for you, you've done you've acted in a lot of things. You've been in some of her movies. You've done. Uh, you're in Life and Beth. You did mm-hmm. Crashing. You did Red Oaks. You yeah. worked with like a lot of serious people in acting. Um, do you like acting or do you prefer stand-up what which one do you feel more red oaks that was i played uh this jewish lady at a country club who tries to get people to swing with her and her husband she's kind of like a gross aggressive swinger okay you can't really read the room like i try to get people to swing at like bat mitzvahs and stuff that was a fun character to play that that probably is a lot of fun you get to just yes. kind of let it all hang out and do whatever and jim florentine was with me in that he played the cop that i that like joined in our swinging how did I not see that? Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I love acting and stuff, but, and I think that I, but I think I'll do stand up forever. Like, I don't see it as a means to an end. Sure. You know, I love doing stand up. So I'll, I'll hopefully keep doing it um, as long as I can until I'm fully deranged, I guess. 
Perfect. Plan. Until <laughs> the derangement fully takes over my body. Yeah. Uh, last question for you, because I know you got a lot to do today. And a lot of young performers watch this show. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of young comics. And one of the things I like to ask everybody, because I think it's important to get lots of different opinions on this. Um, if you were to say it's 2022 now and you were starting from scratch in the world of stand-up comedy, is there anything that you would do different? Is there any big lesson that you've learned and how you would approach things? Um, I would try really, really hard not to read all the negative comments and not to obsess about who d didn't like me, who's not into what I do in the business, you know, mm -hmm. especially because there was just so much rejection that I took terribly early on. And, and it's still really hard for me. I would, yeah. I would really encourage myself not to do that. I mean, I got, you know, really close to getting uh, in living color that came back, but then I didn't get it. And mm -hmm. then, you know, SNL and I didn't get it. And there was just so many situations where I was, I wanted something so bad and it didn't happen. And I never made it in any of those, like a lot of, there's a lot of contests in comedy or mm -hmm. I was never, you know, the person that won at the festival or the thing. And so, and when I was on Last Comic Standing, um, I think I was like number seven or something when I was eliminated and I read all these comments and I didn't even get to enjoy that time because I just would read, I, I would stay up. And I would go insane reading these people that just <laughs> hated me. And and I really took it so personally because I'm like a people pleaser. I just wanted people to like me, right, to understand right. me, and to think I was funny. And, you know, there's like there's agents that didn't like me and so many things that I've gone out for that I thought were the thing that like right. I dreamed about when I was a kid and I didn't didn't get. They weren't into me. So like I do feel like it's never the thing you want. It just works. It's things work itself out. So themselves out. And, um, as long as I'm still making things and making funny stuff with my friends, I try really hard to focus on that. It's the advice I give myself though, that it, I have trouble with every day. Cause I really take the rejection so personally. Yeah. Every tweet that somebody, I mean, I remember things that people wrote on Twitter like seven years ago that still like bother me, but try not to read the stuff sure. and just like, Kathy Griffin said this and I remember it. So it's not my advice. It's hers. Um, she said, uh, like, go where you're wanted. Just go where you're wanted. Don't overthink the rest. Because there's like a lot of things that mimic those weird high school. Kathy Griffin that, said that? Yeah, she's like, go where you're wanted. And I, I, I always remember that because I loved that special. She did Strong Black Woman and um, <laughs> My Life uh, on the D-List. That show used yeah. to make me laugh so much. And I remember her saying that. So, um, yeah, like. I personalize all of it, but you can't just fuck it. Just there's always going to be people that don't care for you. I mean, there's some guy named Mr. Twat Waffles um, on YouTube that said I had a man voice. Mr. TW ago. said that. Yeah. Mr. Twat Waffles hurt my feelings, but you know what? Maybe I'm just not Mr. Twat Waffles <laughs> cup of tea and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I, and, and that, that's the thing. I, I think that that's some of the best advice that I've heard. Um, Kathy Griffin makes a very good point. It is wonderful to work with people who want to work with you. Yeah. And it's miserable to work with people who are just, all right, what are you going to do now? Go where you're wanted. I love it. Yeah. It's so simple. And it's not my advice. It's hers. I have to give her the credit. But it helps me a lot. 
So we learned that today, go where you're wanted, read all the chapters in the book. <laughs> we learned all sorts of crazy things. Don't do don't do push ups by the playground. No, we learned it's that. Too close. Don't you do that. Some distance. And most importantly, I think we learned that Rachel's going to be here for four more shows this weekend at the Carlson, and you should definitely go see her while she's in Rochester. This is your fifth time in Rochester, is that right? Maybe six. I don't know. I've been here a lot. I've been in Rochester a lot. Yeah. Back in the back in the day, things were crazy at the bar here. It was. It was. It Everybody's was a- settled down. But Mark used to be is still in my phone as Mark Rip Shats because he used to be like, "Let's rip some shats." Was that was that his thing back then? <laughs> he used to be like, you gotta rip shats after the show. You gotta rip some shats. I don't rip shats anymore. A lot's changed. Yeah, you have a baby now. You can't yeah, just be shatting all over the place. Prosecco, but I can't rip a shat. I didn't. But even, I will. You know, I mean, I can't even tear one. I mean, yeah. Let's rip shats. Anyway, you guys can rip shats tonight in Rochester, so come on out. I'll be there in my action pantsuit dressed as a legal secretary. Get involved. That's it, folks. CarlsonComedy.com. We're going to be off next week, but we will be back soon. Until then, act right, Rochester, and we will see you at a show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Thank you for being awesome and watching another episode of the Carlson Cast. Don't forget we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday morning. You could also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at CarlsonCast. You can listen anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and we're now available on Spotify. You should also check out an amazing app called Laughable. And on the Laughable app, you can connect to your favorite comedians in a way you never thought you could before. Download it in the App Store and visit CarlsonCast.com for information on more shows. And don't be a jerk. Rate and review.